Welcome back, everybody, to the Unboxing Judaism podcast. My name is Rabbi Ari Wolby. My name is Rabbi Yaakov Nagel. And it is an honor to be back here to finally get together again. Yes, and it's been a bit of a hiatus due to the holidays, but we're back in action and uh, ready for more discovery of questions that we may have and uh, unboxing. Unboxing what people many times comment to me about this podcast. It's like there's so many things that we have discussed that they were in a box mm -hmm. and now we have to unbox them. So what we decided to do is to take questions from you, our listeners, our dear listeners and viewers, and you're welcome to send us your questions for future podcast episodes to unboxing at torchweb.org, unboxing at torchweb.org. We're going to start with a few questions we received recently from some of our listeners. So Jerry from Oakland asks the following question. He says that many of the, since the Jewish people began as a people, we have been persecuted and we have been hurt by our, by our, by our captors, wherever we were. And maybe it's because we're being isolated. Maybe it's because we're exclusioning ourselves. We're, you know, we keep ourselves, you know, keep Jewish with Jewish, and that's it. Maybe the solution is to just assimilate and to intermarry, and that way we won't be persecuted as much. So thank you very much, Jerry from Oakland, for your question. Rabbi, what do you say? So um, I'm reminded of a few very interesting stories that um, I've heard from that are sort of my collective memory of uh, um, interesting questions that, that occurred to me, that, that things that I've discovered. So here, first of all, I'll share with you a story, okay? My, uh, my father told me when he, uh, that his neighbor was studying in a Hasidic yeshiva, and this was in uh, upstate New York, and the, they moved the yeshiva there, and it was everyone was dressed in their frocks and their long curly sidelocks, and they moved in, and there were there was a small Jewish community, very successful, very secular, that uh, was put it mildly a bit perturbed about the influx of these Jews. So some of these uh, rich uh, secular Jews came up to the Rosh Yeshiva, and they said to him, you know. We've been here for quite some time. We've cultivated a beautiful relationship with our Gentile neighbors. And you're dressed so different. You look so different. You act so different from them. So wouldn't it be, I mean, here's the story. We're happy. I know you bought this land over here. And let me tell you, we've collected a nice amount of money. We're happy to buy you a place in Bar Park where there's a lot of Jews, and we'll basically pay for you to move back to where Jews like you look. <laughs> and that's, and we'll make you a, a, an offer you can't refuse. So the Rosh Shiva answered, such an insightful answer, which really addresses this question. His answer was, he said, let me explain where that hatred really comes from. When the Jews are competing in the Gentile world, in their world, and beating them at their own game. 
that is the is the Jew that the Gentile really hates because they are more successful, just like you. You're more successful. You're doing what they're trying to do. Just you're better at it. You're driven. You got the drive and you're making a success of your life. And that creates a tremendous jealousy. Us, the Gentiles have no problem with. So my advice to you this is the Rosh Shiva talking to the secular Jews, is you guys move to Bar Park and we'll stay here. Okay. But <laughs> it, story. Right. Okay. So, so it, it's, you know, the obvious question is, what is a Jew? Why did God create a, a people that are going to be an exception to the rule? What was Hashem thinking when he created the world to have a Jewish people to be his chosen nation? And I think that we need to understand that a Jew is not, we are not the Torah and the rules that we follow. We are the relationship people with God. We are, are locked in to that relationship, and therefore we fulfill the commandments of the Torah and the mitzvahs that are in it. Meaning the Torah is the, is the expression, so to speak, of that relationship. We have to understand this is, you know, what I've understood from learning the Torah, from, you know, reading up about this, about our history and our heritage. Our responsibility is not to be the same as the nations. Our responsibility is to be an example for the nations. And when we're not the example that we're meant to be, that's when we're persecuted. That's when we're when we're when we're. Trying to assimilate is saying, I'm not interested in that relationship. I still remember growing up and uh, um, we had a Jewish history class and uh, the head of our, the dean of our institution was uh, Rabbi Beryl Wein, may live and be well, still, uh, he's already on in his years. And he used to say that the last train that went to Auschwitz were Jews who converted to Christianity. Amazing. These were Jews who fled, who ran away, and they were hauled off together with all the other Jews to be killed. And what's the reason? Because the hatred of the Jews is not going to depend on uh, on anything. Assimilation is not going to help. That's really what the point is. If anything, it can harm. But what really is the goal is to do the right thing. And if you look at the news and you always follow, it's like some reason Israel is always up in the news and they're not doing this right and they're not doing that right. Israel is held up to the highest standard possible. There's a reason because that means that the Gentile understands in their core that these are people of God and they need to behave that way. And that's the real truth. And it, that hatred, whether it's there or not, can't divert us from our uh, from from being the example that we need to be to do the right thing. And it's very difficult to always do the right thing, but that is what the goal is. And that's what it really means to be a light into the nations. You know, it, it's, it was a, a great privilege and a pleasure to meet uh, Senator Joseph Lieberman. Uh, and I met him once and I had a, a, an opportunity to thank him for being such, an, such a great example of what it means to be a committed Jew in the secular world. As a senator, he kept Shabbos. As a senator, he never got into a car on Shabbos. He, he had security, capital security, 
drive along where he was walking. And he writes in his book, The Gift of Shabbos. Uh, he, it's a really an amazing book where he writes how the Capitol Police said, why don't you just get in the car? Just get in the car. It's raining. It, you know, it's, he's walking from where he needed to vote in, in, the, in, the, in the Senate. Um, he was walking back home on a Friday night and it's pouring rain. And he, he writes about the joy he had to be distinguished. We don't go in the car on Shabbos. We're distinguished. Sadly, there are many people today in our generation and in previous generations as well who don't realize the importance of being an example to the nations. So you have people who are famous people, people who have succeeded financially in their, in their world, but have let go of their Jewish uh, roots to marry an Asian woman, to marry a, a, a woman of a different faith, to marry you know, women of, 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 of different um, religions. And that's, I think, a, a terrible shame for us as a Jewish people. So without calling out names, but everyone knows there are famous people out there today who are Jewish who married non-Jews. And what's going to be with their children? Their children are not going to be Jewish. So it's just one generation away from a complete destruction of a Jewish family where the grandfather probably had to suffer greatly to maintain his Judaism the child moved to the United States, and the grandchild is marrying a shiksa. Right. right. It's a it's a very sad part of a, of, of Jewish history. But it, the only my belief is that is that the only reason why people really assimilate is only out of ignorance. It's because they don't recognize what Judaism is, what it has to offer. The richness of life and people they, they tend to focus on externals as like oh well we're hated we're vilified by the gentiles so therefore well i don't want to have anything to do with that that's, that's so little to do with what it's all about what life is all about is living that meaningful life of being committed to our tradition and being committed to the mitzvahs and all those things change our lives for the better and enrich our lives and it's such a minuscule portion. I mean, we thank God we live in a, a country that is that we don't feel persecuted. We don't. We really don't. Not here in Houston, Texas, anyway. Um, and that's and 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 that behooves us, therefore, to just have, uh, on the opposite, uh, um, be proud that we are Jewish, live with dignity, act as a Jew should, be a mensch. And all of those things is that, you know, don't, don't uh, focus on the fact that whether or not, in other words, we can't build our lives on whether we're going to be liked. It's sort of like in, the, in those, those kids who um, were bullied in school. And, and they are trying to placate. They're trying to pander. They're trying to connect to the people who are, bull who are picking on them. And it's like, if you would only be yourself and be proud of who you are, you would be so much better off. So that's the real message to the people who are asking this question. You have to be proud. But in order to be proud, you need to be educated. You need to understand what it is in our tradition that has so much to offer. You know, it's, it, I've heard from multiple parents who have told me uh, after sharing that their son or daughter were going to marry a Gentile. It, 
it is, uh, they said, well, he's a mensch. Or they've been, they committed to raise their child Jewishly. And the real question is, what does that mean? You know, they say that the greatest, uh, greatest way in which your child, uh, to know who your child will marry is to know, is to see who they date. <laughs> right? The problem, I think, also is that education has become the almost the the god of 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 american culture and as long as you get a good education that's what counts and so what happens is is that these children are going to many of them could be going to a jewish day school but then for high school there aren't many options so they go to secular or non-jewish or christian high schools and who are they hanging around with not the jewish people and then they go to university, and where they who they're hanging out with, not the Jewish people. And thanks to organizations like, you know, the Chabad's and the Hillel's and the JLF's of the world that really create a Jewish environment on campus. But that's the minority of the students that get involved with the Jewish programs, and it really is a it, it's a shame because what happens is is that now they're completely immersed in a secular world. Why should they marry a Jew? Right. The opposite. The question becomes the opposite. The opposite. Why? Why, why marry Jewish? Not why. Why, why? not? No, I why know. Not. And and the parents tell me. I told my child, don't ever bring home a, a, a non-Jewish girl because I'm never going to talk to you again, and I'm not going to be. And then they 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 have to come to terms with the the new reality that their child is really not interested at all in their Judaism. Point one, and then point two is like, why in the world does it make a difference who I marry? The sad thing is, is that when that is the whole religion, just marry Jewish, it's it's a shame because that doesn't resonate if you if there is no why, answer to the why. You understand? Mm-hmm. It's not good enough to just say, "Well, I, I I would be devastated." It's like, "Well, that's your choice," but why would you be devastated? We don't practice. We don't living Jewish. What does it even mean? Culturally, because we like gefilte fish or something like that, that is nothing to, that that doesn't speak to them. I don't even like gefilte fish. I mean, the kids don't. <laughs> I right. prefer well, sushi, <laughs> especially if it comes out of the jar. There's no reason anyone should ever like that. But, but uh, the it, it's actually interesting. I was listening to a podcast recently of uh, a young woman who talks about is interviewing. Uh, she's not Jewish, and she's interviewing her Jewish boyfriend. And in this interview, she's asking him all these different questions, what it means to grow up in a Jewish home. And he grew up extremely secular. And I was I was remarkably shocked by the answers. So she asked him, what does it mean to grow up in a Jewish home? He says, well, we just use Jewish expressions. <laughs> we felt culturally Jewish. But there absolutely was nothing... Uh, the question is: Do you go to uh, to church or to synagogue or to like what do you what do you what do you do? She said, he said we would go maybe once a year, right? So the question is, what does Judaism mean to a child who visits the synagogue once a year? I mean, we visit synagogue three times a day, morning, afternoon, and evening, and and that's really every single Jew out there. We're we're inviting you join us. Because the richness, the beauty, the the delight of Judaism cannot be experienced properly with a once a year visit to the synagogue. 
It's not going to work. And today, sadly, we're, it's even another step removed in that it's not even in person. Everything's online. We've restored our services, you know, for many months already in person. Thank God with safety measures of social distancing and masking for those who, who, who want or need or haven't been vaccinated, et cetera, et cetera. But the, the idea that they're not even going to in many synagogues to even restore regular operations. So everything's going to become virtual. So Judaism is just virtual. So now what? I, I think it, 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 there's another problem, and that is this whole, uh, the past 50, 60 years with the uh, emer emergence of suburban Jewry, where movements have said, capitulated almost, to it's okay, you can move out to Katy, and you can move out to Sugarland, you can move out where there's no synagogue for you, because you can now find a new way of commuting to synagogue on Shabbos, which is obviously a, a biblical prohibition. Um, just so that people understand, the Torah prohibits us to marry a non-Jew. Male to non-Jewish female and Jewish female to non-Jewish men, right? Either of them is a biblical prohibition, the Torah, right? But to many, they don't know that. They just think it's their mother's preference, just like a filter fish, right? <laughs> so it, it really is a problem that I think we're lacking in the education so, Jerry, you opened up a, a can of worms here. So uh, we can keep on going for a very long time to discussing really, it, it really is problematic because what I believe many of the religious institutions, and I'm not going into reform, conservative, orthodox, but many of my friends out there, you know already my spiel. I don't like not the orthodox, reform, or conservative, or reconstructionist. They're all meaningless. There are two types of Jews. There are growing Jews and stagnant Jews. And I know people who are of every one of those shades that are growing Jews. And I know people who are of every one of those shades that are stagnant. And that's a, 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 it's a problem. We need to all be growing. We need to be committed to our, our Jewish and growth. spiritual growth. So, so what do we do when people don't know about their Judaism? Where they don't know the importance and the right. meaning of why it is that we do things. Anyway, so in a nutshell... Uh, uh, I just want to just, Jerry, I just want to speak to you directly. Assimilation is saying that we as Jews need to throw in the towel and give up on our everything, our entire history. And that's really what you're suggesting. And the question is, is do you know what you're even, do you know what you're throwing in? Do you even have the education to recognize what it is that we're giving up by throwing in the towel. And that's really the first thing, is that before you even can consider whether that is a solution or not, first recognize that's not the problem. The problem of Jewish hatred has very little to do with whether we act as Jews or don't act as Jews. If anything, it could be the exact opposite. It's funny because historically, yeah. the Jewish people have been hated because they were, they were the wealthiest, and they're taking away our money. They're controlling our banks. And the Jewish people were hated because they were the poorest. Oh, they're leeches. They're taking, the, the, you know, we have to provide for them. Whatever we were, when we were, were part right. of governments, they hated us. When we the were Jews part are the communists. The right. Jews are the this. And they're actually, it's true. The Jews are on all sides. So it's not that. Okay. And therefore, the, you have to recognize that the problem isn't the problem. And your solution is not recognize what you're doing with that. So that's my uh, message to you, Jerry, is to 
study, find out, come to classes, come to synagogue, experience what true Judaism means, and then you can start thinking about what are the solutions. But I do want to applaud you, Jerry, for reaching out and asking the question, because the most important component of Judaism is asking questions. And if we don't ask, we definitely won't find out answers. So it's a, that's a good step. We have time for one more question. Okay, let's go for right, it. So this is a question I've received many, many times, but specifically we have Kim from Portland who asks about tattoos. She heard from her mother that if she gets a tattoo, she won't be buried in a Jewish cemetery. Is that true, Rabbi? And uh, what do you have to say about that? So I just, but, but in order to parse this question, I, I think... I was saying, first, can you just bring the biblical source? Is okay. it permitted or, the, or not? The, the Torah explicitly states that it is forbidden to write with tattoos that existed in the times of the Bible. And it's forbidden to write on one's body in, with a, in a tattoo form. That's very clear. And forbidden is very far stretched from... Um, being buried in a Jewish cemetery, not a Jewish cemetery. So the answer, the short answer is, there is no such concept that you are forbidden to be buried in a Jewish cemetery if you have a tattoo. That is completely not true. Right. So that's very Your mother important. may have just told you that to scare you, right? Right. <laughs> yes, it is true that there is a biblical prohibition to getting tattoos, but that does not exclude you from being buried in a Jewish cemetery. That's first of all. But, but there's a few very important points that the question even brings up. And that is, is that why is it that Jews are obsessed with being buried in a Jewish cemetery? It's very important to Jews to be buried in a Jewish cemetery. But to live as a Jew, that's a different thing. And they want to die as a Jew. Well, that's kind of odd. It's much more meaningful and much more significant in the grand scheme of things, to live as a Jew than to be to die as a Jew. Obviously, you want to be buried in a Jewish cemetery. You want to be with all your friends. That I understand. That's natural. But the the fact of the matter is, is that um, this was somebody created this information that's incorrect because they're picking on something that touches to even people who are very distant from Judaism. They recognize this. That, well, I don't want to be isolated from. And that's something that's really the fact that there's a spark in every Jew that wants to connect on some level to the Jewish people. And that, and they, because they are Jewish and they want, and they want the connection and they don't want to be buried to them. That means that it's all eternity disconnected from, and that, that's why burial is such a very important part of Jewish life is where we're buried in it. The whole process of the Jewish burial is a very, a uh, very special type of, and I know that Rabbi Wolby is an expert in these areas of uh, he, for many years, he ran a Chavah I believe, and um, which deals with burial of the dead and um, the honor that is accorded the Jewish body is something that's inspirational when you think about all those laws. But what's the important point is, is that don't just look to die as a Jew, look to live as one. Okay. It's, a, it's a beautiful point. You know, there's a famous quote by Rabbi Shlomo Kalbach, where he, they were, it was just after they created the monument 
commemorating the six million in Washington D.C. and people were giving millions of dollars to be to you know, to help establish this this uh, forever a, 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 a memorial that will last forever uh, in the capital of of the United States. Um, it, it was it was a big thing. He said, "But I don't understand." He says, "Why are we so busy with our past?" Why aren't we busy investing in our future? Investing in our schools, investing in our synagogues, investing in our, in our, in our, in our children's education. Instead, a relic of the past. The, yes, it, it, it's devastating. Again, three of my grandparents are survivors. Two of them went through Auschwitz. One went through the Kovne ghetto. And my grandfather, who was from Germany, he, was in, he had to run away to Sweden during the Holocaust. But you have, you know, Three of my four grandparents are survivors. And they didn't say we're going to run away from our Judaism. They said, no, we have to run closer to our Judaism and embrace it even more. It, to me, it's, it's, it's this, it, it, it doesn't make any sense. It's this interesting. Whole, this whole it, idea that we're, we're, we're rushing to our history instead of rushing to our future. And I, think, I think you can look, really, if you look at the who focuses more just like on uh, um, Holocaust studies or uh, never again or things like that, they are, they, they are, it, 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 it's very important. I'm not, I don't mean to disparage that, but it's at the cost of, it's again, it's focused on the past and it's not recognizing that we want to ensure a future. And to ensure a future obviously means focus on being able to educate our young, our youth, and ourselves to know more about it, to be able to give it over to our children, our values, and to understand what Jewish values are in the first place, which is, of course, what this whole podcast is about, to unbox Judaism that people can understand what is the legacy, what is the traditions, what is Judaism all about, and open it up, unbox it for all of us that we can explore and understand. I'll just share with you a, a uh, really interesting experience I had when I was doing actually a Tahara, which is part of being in the, in the burial society. We get to see some interesting things. And there was a young man, sadly, who passed away and he had a tattoo which went from elbow to elbow over his shoulder, all the way to the other side. One written, uh, uh, one verse. And it was Shema Yisrael Hashem Olokeinu Hashem Echad, right? So he inscribed on his on his body uh, the the mission statement of the Jewish people. But to me, I was thinking that isn't it more powerful if we have it in our heart versus writing it on our body? You know, it's, it's like it's almost like an oxymoron because God says don't do it, and I'm like, no, that's where I'm going to put my love for God, exactly where He said not to do it, and how you right. It's it's a very it's it's a very sad thing. I will also say that I was two times this happened to me. I saw someone once was in Starbucks and once was a nurse at the hospital um, when my wife was in labor. So the nurse uh, had had some Hebrew letters we saw on her on her tattoo. Um, so my wife asked her what what does it say on your on your tattoo? Are you Jewish? She said, No, I'm not Jewish. I'm I'm Christian. But you know, my my friend told me about this these word this word in Hebrew. Uh, which means strength. So I wanted to tattoo it on myself to remind myself to always be strong. So my wife looked at it and it was misspelled. It was instead of with a cuff, it was with a mem. So it was moach, which means brain, instead of strength. 
So you got to be careful also <laughs> that instead of writing strength, you, you got to, the second time I was in Starbucks and this woman had a pat, like passages of, uh, on, her, on her leg uh, in, in Hebrew. So I was, it was a whole group of torch rabbis and we asked, we asked like, what, what do you have on your, on, on, it was just random letters. Um, and it was, there was no real reason to it. It was probably, it was one, one of those uh, uh, drunk, late drunk <laughs> nights um, that, uh, that ended Not the happening. best time to not go the, to a yeah, Not pilot. the best decision, <laughs> but um, it, 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 the idea is like this also is that God gives us a precious body. He gives us a perfect body. He says, it's mine. It doesn't belong to you. The, our body gets given back to the Almighty. Just like it was given, it gets taken. The only part that's ours, so to speak, is our soul. So our body, God says, don't desecrate that body I gave you. You have to take care of it. It's like a lease of a car, right? You get a, a car, you have to return it in good condition. Unless you have really good insurance, you better not scratch it up. and You better not break the lights, right? God gives us our body as a lease and we return it tainted when you return it you know um with with all of these graffiti graffiti on it 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 could be problematic so our encourage encouragement to you kim is uh follow your mother's guidance don't get your tattoos and uh instead feel that connection uh with the almighty inside yourself every single day we have so many opportunities in judaism to instill the love to instill the connection uh with the almighty through our actions, through our prayers, through our deeds, and join us at Torch or join any Jewish organization around the globe and learn and ask questions. There's never been a time in this world where it's easier to access so much inspirational information. You can really educate yourself. You can learn. You can find avenues. There's just... Right here on Torch Web, you can have so many, just such a strong access of real, genuine information that's, that's accurate that you can access to educate yourselves, to know what Judaism is all about. And it, it's sourced information. It's, right. not, it's, not, it's, not, it's not conjecture. It's not everything is sourced. I always tell my students, I said, everything I'm telling you is sourced. You can ask me after class for the exact sources. I'll tell you where in the Talmud, where in the Mishnah, where in, where, which verse in the Torah, because we're not into making up Judaism. We're into conveying the message of the Almighty, of creator of heaven and earth. We're transmitting from what we've studied, what we've learned, what we've developed over to you. That's and, what it is. And we're always learning. That's exactly never, right. Never ending learning. So thank you very much, Jerry. And thank you very much, Kim, for your questions. To all of our friends out there, thank you so much for watching and listening. If you have any questions you'd like us to address in the coming episode of the Unboxing Judaism, please email us at unboxing at torchweb.org. Thank you so much and have a terrific day. Thank you, Rabbi Nagel. Amazing. Thank you.